Radio. Bringing you the good, the bad, and the downright nasty. Alright, what's going on everybody? Another episode of Red Leaf Radio. I'm joined today in the studio with a good pal of mine. He's going to go unnamed for this. Because he's worried about getting fired. It's not actually true. Yeah, and, and no one's hiring either, so... yeah. What's your alias going to be? We're all about aliases on this show. <laughs> I'm not an alien, man. <laughs> what about if you had an alien name, though? Mm. Be like Zorg or something. Zorg. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to go with Zorg. <laughs> well, that'll do, man. That's not bad. We can work with Zorg. All right, so Zorg is uh, joining me in the studio here. Another episode. We missed the Sunday, uh, the Sunday special episode this week. Unfortunate, but you know that's the way things go sometimes. So yeah, me and Zorg here. We got some hockey tonight, so we thought, hey, what the hell? Let's get on the radio real quick. So Zorg, tell us what you're about, what you're into, <laughs> what well, you're. Well, one thing uh, me and Doctor Red here share is a passion for music. Um, we play in a little rock band and uh, try to get together once a week with the guys and just make some music, play at some bars, whatever, just have some fun. That's good stuff. What do you think about that band? Ah, uh, they're all right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they're okay. Uh, it's, pre- it's pretty cool. To, I think we're lucky to have some uh, close friends that are share a common goal so that's actually what it's pretty uh, rare i think i agree the the very first one i did on this i was talking it was scully actually yeah he came out and we were shooting the shit because he wanted to talk about the band stuff and uh that was one thing that i never actually published it because it was kind of like a trial and error i guess Mm. and he's pretty boring guy so (laughs) (laughs) No, we love them though. Yeah. Um, no, uh, that's one of the things we talked about how it's kind of rare. Actually, we're all the same age. We're all good buddies and we all play a different instrument. Yeah. We don't got five guys wanting to play lead guitar, which is nice. We got two though. (laughs) Yeah. Two's enough. Two's enough. Could maybe use a third if we were going Skinnered. Skinner could do it. They could do it with three. I don't know how, but they did. I don't. I still don't understand. Like when you even listen to Skinner now, like how did it not sound muddy? How is that possible? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They just uh, they knew what to play to be discreet, but they're all doing something cool. Like they're not just playing a rhythm guitar or whatever. They're they're playing riffs that intertwine. Hey, Zorg. Hit me. Why don't you tell the listeners maybe just a quick history on how Skinner got started, where the name even came from, for those of the <clears throat> listeners who don't know. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, kind of like us. Like, I wouldn't... <laughs> no comparison, but... Uh, <laughs> well, just, we're, you know... Just a group of guys, like that uh, wanted to play music, hung out in high school. They were all high school buddies. And uh, they were growing their hair long. And then uh turns out 
the uh, the phys ed teacher or whatever at the time was giving them a, a real hard time about their long hair. So they decided to use his name as a as a tribute, we'll call it. And uh, his name was like Leonard Leonard Skinner or something like that. Yeah, I think it was Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Skinner. Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they tweaked it a little bit and they used it as their their band name. Didn't cut their hair either. Didn't cut their hair. Beauties. Yeah. Yeah, we like to think some of our influence comes from Leonard Skinner. Leonard. From Skinner. The gym teacher. Yeah, not the band, the gym teacher. Yeah, I always want to be a gym teacher. They're awesome. <laughs> they got the best gig out of a high school teacher, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyways... Uh, yeah, like I said, we're here in the studio and thought, uh, you know what? We've got about 45 minutes before we got to hit the hit the road to get on the ice. So we thought we'd rip a quick uh, music-related podcast here for the fellas so and women. So that's what we're going to get into. Right now, OTF's working on a, a new album. It's taking <clears throat> going to take a while. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's... Uh... I guess we could talk about a little bit of what we do. Um, we're keeping it simple. I like I don't even know how a professional studio would do it, but we got a little bit of equipment. Um, we're kind of using it, some of it right now for this podcast. But uh, yeah, we just uh, take it one instrument at a time. Kind of, we would start with like a we would call it, we call it a bass track or like a, a demo track. Just usually uh, acoustic guitar and a, and a vocal, and then we would start with uh, the other instruments. Have like the rhythm section play the drums, the bass, and then move into more of the melodic instruments, the uh, piano and guitar and organ, and usually end up doing vocals last so that it can uh, shine through the mix. But um. It's a lot of fun, too. Mm-hmm. But it is a lot of work. There's no denying that. Like, basically, like Zorg was saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get together in the shed once a week. Uh, we have all, basically all our, like, we bring all our recording gear or whatever there. Yeah, these are squeaky chairs. Eh? Yeah. Got to loop me up. <laughs> Oh, I'll leave you up. Um, we got all our stuff there, and and like Zorg said, uh, for the most part, we'll come up with a track or whatever, and then um, we'll throw it down on an acoustic and uh, bring it to the fellas at the at the shed. And in the past, before we even started recording, we used to just do we'd bring a a tune up that it's like, what do you guys think of this kind of thing? I guess, eh? Yeah. And then it kind of either got the thumbs up or the thumbs down kind of thing. <laughs> thumbs yeah. down more often than not. But Bring it to the judge panel. That's why we got Jacoby and Red on the side. Yeah, then we, we can just do whatever. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll bring that, uh, we'll bring the idea up or whatever with the boys. And uh, if they latch on kind of thing, then we 
we go for it and we kind of put the tune like roughly together in the past we've usually just put the tune together and then played it live yeah um and now we're kind of starting to dial it back a little bit and because of covid basically we can't play live as much so because we played live a ton (laughs) (laughs) extensively it was exhausting (laughs) two times a year on the road oh man (laughs) 50 minutes (laughs) and uh yeah once the boys kind of okay it we're just like all right let's let's put her together and then we've kind of pulled the whole song together in a in a piece by piece like that but now we're actually with the new album we're kind of not doing it that way i guess there's a couple there will be a couple new tracks on here that yeah we're working through them i guess yeah we're kind of taking it one song at a time right now um still doing instruments uh separately but kind of putting them under the microscope and a little more elbow grease and trying to make a song better like each instrument can play something a little more intricate a little more dynamic yeah yeah which is, uh, I don't know, it's got its pros and cons, I guess. Maybe sometimes we get a little in our own heads of like what we think, I don't know, what we think it should sound like. Or you got The hardest thing is when you're the person who wrote the tune, Yeah, we've talked about this numerous times, but when you're the person who wrote the tune, you have an idea in your head of like what it's supposed to sound like, and it's hard not to approach it as like, it's the best way yeah it's only gonna be the best as if it's my way yeah you know what i mean like i do get like that it's true where it's like i do too you gotta play it you gotta play it like that because that's how it sounded in my head and it's got to be like that where maybe for the masses the masses it's uh it doesn't matter as much i don't know yeah or having a couple different people influence the song might make it more than what it could have been with one person yeah i agree but that is like a hard thing to step back from and say like (laughs) yeah you know be okay with not it not going your uh your way yeah but that said we get in the shed sometimes and a couple of the fellows come up with some sick ideas or cool riffs and yeah and it's awesome i love it yeah, there's a, there'll be a couple of songs on this next album that, um, like, uh, they've had more than one person contribute. Um, kind of like we started jamming and everyone just started playing a song and it ended up being a full song. And that's really fun when that happens. That's awesome. <laughs> when it comes together like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best. Like, you hear of... Uh, writers like say like Bob Dylan he he says that he come up with Blowing in the Wind in like 15 minutes like just came to him and he wrote it down or he sang it might have worked out some details later but like the bulk of the song was just there and when you can get five guys to do that at once that's pretty that's when the pretty magic special. happens yeah. yeah I was talking to my uh my uncle the other day right the music guy i won't mm-hmm. throw his name out there but big uh, music guy he actually called me about bitcoin 
Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and we were talking about that. But anyways, and then like, he's a pretty smart guy. Like he knows a lot about politics, everything, like everything that's going on in the world. Anyways, um, we were talking about, we ended up talking about, uh, I asked him if he'd want to come, if he ever wanted to come on. Like I was like, man, it'd be kind of fun if you, if mm-hmm. you jumped on for one. Tell him to think of an alias beforehand so he doesn't doesn't come up with Zorg. He doesn't get a stupid alien name. (laughs) Zoltan. (laughs) Zoltan. (laughs) And uh, he was talking. He's like, yeah, you know, he's he's like, the problem is sometimes I just get on these wavelengths where it's like, I'm like dialed in. He's like, I'm just dialed in and I know what I want to talk about and I'm on on point or whatever of of like where my headspace is or whatever, right? And then he's like, my think the thing I'm kind of whatever overthinking or maybe worried about is that I might not be in that same headspace when we get on, and then it might not be as good of a conversation as it should have been. Mm. And then I was like, well, that's the same thing with writing a tune. It's like you know some of the best songs or some of the 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 night the funnest stuff you've ever came up with, for example, Zord. You might have written you might have wrote in ten minutes the whole damn song and like maybe even the lyrics too. Right. And those yeah. ones, they just, it's like out of a, like a shot out of a cannon. It's like, where did that even come from? Yeah. Like not even thinking just happened. It's really weird. It's amazing, actually. It is cool. It's almost like I was, I, okay. So I read this book and you should read it because it's, uh, that, um, the war of art. Okay. And I actually heard about it from, uh, I was, whatever, I think I was just looking up some Joe Rogan shit. And then he was like, yeah, this is one of my my favorite books, and, or top ten or whatever. So I ended up buying it. I, I just read it like two days ago. And it talks about that kind of stuff where like the artist is somebody, and I'm like this. Yeah. So it's like the artist is somebody, or the non-professional artist is somebody who puts their music out there, um, more worried about how people are going to react to it more than they are of just the art of doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. for the sake of it's their own happiness kind of thing. Right. Like that's what they enjoy doing, but they're thinking like I have that where it's like, I'll come up with a riff and it's like, before it's even finished, it's like, Oh man, I want these guys to hear it because it's like, I want like the satisfaction or like the, uh, what's the word for that where it's like recognition. Right. That it's like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Or it's not, but, this guy's talking about he's like that's like a he calls it like a non-professional artist or like i'm putting that in a bad it's worded way better than that but it's like a you need you know reassurance or whatever for something that um i don't know how to put that in words i I should have grabbed the book (laughs) it's like reverting back to those tunes that you know, like you've come up with songs that took you not that long to do. And I listened back to it and I was like, like you didn't push it. It was just like, damn, like that's a sick tune. And there was no like need for anything else in there. It was just like, damn, well done. But you approached it as like, a, you didn't need the recognition. You're good for that, actually. <laughs> you kind of do your own thing. Yeah, I, I kind of just think if I like it, maybe someone else will like it. So, uh. I can respect I, that. I, I just kind of run off that principle. Um. Yeah. 
And I and I just don't want to be pushy. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's I don't know when you get pumped about something, it's hard not to be like, especially because, you know, well, like that Jacobian red was different because it was something we could just like. Yeah, we just kind of we picked less, away at it, and we were less worried around. about like the masses. We weren't worried about playing it in like a live. Uh, thing or whatever we weren't letting anyone down no no that's a good way to put it so it was a little bit i would almost say more it was it was like fun funner yeah not like knocking otf it was just like a little hobby yeah that like wasn't approached as like well we need people to like it yeah yeah there was no pressure at all no that was fun that was fun i'd do it again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> me too buddy. in a heartbeat yeah i think sometimes you just get so geared towards i mean we're like not professional musicians no. all. we get together like we put a lot of pressure on it but really we get what like one night a week with like a couple hours to do anything a, cu- a couple hours a week versus uh like, what would a normal band do if they were trying to make a go at it? Like, they would go to a recording studio for a week, two weeks, at least. Honestly, I have no idea. Like, what, <laughs> you know, may, do they do they actually come up with the song in a recording studio? Like, I mean, unless they're the Beatles. Yeah. Or do they just, like, chill out on their days off and just constantly work on music? And then it's like one of the fellows is like, oh, hey, I think I got something here. And then they work out the parts and then they get in the studio. Like if you didn't have to have a day job and you could, you could play music without having to worry about anything financials or whatever. Um, like, would you approach it like a job? Would you do, would you sit down for eight hours, like get up, have a coffee, go and, and play music for eight hours, like actually working at stuff, and then go home and enjoy your night. That's a good question. I feel like that would be. Uh, <laughs> it would it would kind of be detrimental to your, like to being creative. You know what was another thing I I'm reverting back to that book though. Yeah. But that's exactly what that guy was talking about. Where he's like, people think that, you know, it's like the classic thing where people say their dream job, like, oh, I never feel like I'm working. Yeah. It's like, that's total, that's total horseshit. Right. That's like, non, there's always going to be those parts where you're struggling through. But then I just think of like, you know, like a gym, like a bosco, right? Yeah. Or the sheepdogs where it's like, that guy's as good as he is for a reason. I guarantee <laughs> you there's days where he picked up the guitar and it was just like a... You know, like going to work, like he was just like, yeah, just playing the same thing over and over. Couldn't like just str- we've been the same way. We're not professional musicians, but it's the same thing where you're like, you know, you're beating your head against the wall, and then you put it down, and then all of a sudden the next day you you gotta do it again. You got it, or <laughs> you all of a sudden come up with something that's like, holy shit, like that's yeah. But that's a good question, man. Like that was the thing in that book. It's like, well, if you the comparison was if you found out you had like a life altering disease where like you had like six months to live (laughs) and 
that you were like that you found that out what would you do like would you would you quit your job like would you go full-time music because you have nothing to worry about at that point anyways (laughs) i mean pending uh setting up my family and uh figuring out if they'll be okay or whatever when i'm gone and looking into any sort of treatment you can do reverse uh probably just start uh i guess you just do whatever you wanted for six months as much as you could obviously uh some other bucket life or bucket list items but yeah so like let's say principle of the question is which i struggled with actually the guys like if you had if you only had a certain amount of time to live and let's say like you're financials are taking care like your family like there's no no worries yeah you could just go do whatever you want to do right what would you do like what is your dream in life <laughs> and when i read that in the book he was like this guy's like very like i wanted to be a writer that's what yeah. i wanted to do and when i read that and he's like i thought to myself i'm like i don't know i haven't thought hard enough about that that's a deep question like, I love music, and I love what we're doing right now with this. Like, I'm very passionate about this kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it's a lot of fun and, and enjoy Like, but I mean, I, I love hunting. I love hunting. Yeah. I love being outdoors. I don't hate work. Like, I, I like working hard. Mm-hmm. I love my family. It's like, well, what, like, it, what would your dream <laughs> job be? It's like, I don't even know what my dream job would be. Yeah. I know, like... I pick up. I know for a fact. I pick up my guitar multiple times a night when I'm home after work, and it can be ten minutes of just screwing around. Yeah. But that's like the thing I always go back to. So I know that's like a passion of mine. That it's just something that I like doing. But like you said, like doing that for eight hours a day and like beating your head against the wall. So that, yeah, that kind of goes back to our two hours a week. We're definitely not, uh, (laughs) we're doing it in moderation, that's for sure. But um, it's hard to get sick of something. That's a good point. This is more of like a a hobby, like after hours. Yeah. Which, it is a blast, man. Like, shout out to Scully, guy drives an hour on like a Thursday or Wednesday night. So we can get together in the shed and, and jam. And even if it means, for example, when we're recording, like Zorg was saying, we'll, uh, we'll walk into the shed with a, a bass track, which is just an acoustic and, and Skip will throw, throw a bass track down, which he's usually pretty good at, at laying one down, letting her bark. Groovy. And then, you know, like shout out to Sniper. Uh, the drums are not an easy thing to nail down in one track, especially when there's nothing else playing because you can't hide anything. Yeah. And that can honestly take a full night. Yeah. Just to get a drum track. But it can take a full night to get a guitar. Like, it's all, you know, comes out in the wash or whatever, but it takes, you know, we've been working on, it's been like two months now and we've, we've been working on two tracks. and Yeah. But we're not full time. 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's tough. Uh, even just memorizing the song, like <clears throat> if you like if you wrote it or whatever, it's you you have it down. But if you're uh, just learning it to play to play along or whatever, it um, like you're not you're not able just to put it on Spotify in your truck or whatever, going to work and get those extra listens in to memorize it. Yeah, it's, it is a lot of work. Honestly, it is actually a lot of work. And not to mention, like, once you have everything done, like, old Zorg over here basically mastered and edited our entire last album. So <laughs> shout out to this guy because he did a hell of a job. And it's a lot of hours spent behind the computer screen. And he put in a ton of work. It's a very amateur job, but uh, I did spend a lot of time. But... It's fun. I like doing that actually. The editing process and kind of making it, uh, making the song feel a certain way or whatever. So here's a question for you. If you weren't as, if we all weren't as concerned about making a living, because we all got to make a living, <clears throat> and we were able to slap a studio up and Here's here's my actual goal. This is my we've talked about this before, but this yeah. is my goal. Get a studio in I don't know, somewhere. I'd somewhere. rather it be like one of our properties. Yeah. Be get, a, get a studio in there. Do it legit. Like do it right. Set that it up. Set it up. That we're not tripping all over chords, which we are in the shit. There's <laughs> shit everywhere in this shit. There's firewood, yeah. there's empties all over the place. There's <laughs> <laughs> no it's a real whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot house. Hot house. We run it. We heat it by the wood stove. Um, it's a small space. It works 100%. It's it's kind of like the it's the spot. There's some magic in there. But if we could set up a, a, a studio, like a legitimate recording studio, that we could also do the podcast there, but also like we want to do at the end of this episode where so you throw a quick acoustic thing out and you don't have to like rejig anything you can just yeah everything's here you pick up sounds right there boom you're ready to go pick it up and play that's kind of like so that would be so fun back that would be to my, so handy my question it's like if you could do that full time that's like literally the dream gig and then you, I would do that you bring people in who want to record their stuff yeah and if we eventually knew enough it's like people want to like we record we can record it's yeah. not like i mean i would keep learning and obviously uh you get better over time and practice but uh that would be really cool producing other people's stuff too be awesome that to me would be like reverting back to like the semi dream gig yeah that to me would be a really really cool lifestyle that would be cool Think of that. Think about that for a sec. <laughs> right? Like you just run your own studio and we podcast on the side. But also if people want to come play music there or whatever, like they need a couple studio musicians. Yeah, like yeah. We can jump hey, in. Hey, hey. Don't be giving away any of our stuff though. 
No, no. Hmm. That for me would probably be, you know, if I could like quit my day job right now, that's probably what I would, I would want to do. I would do that at, at least till I got tired of it. If I ever did. Yeah, you're right. I, I can, it's easy to say now. Yeah. Is that my dream job? I don't know, but that'd be a sick job. And then you could have the coolest guests on there too. Like just yeah. podcast slash record. You got a, a cool band in the studio. Flip on an episode of the old Dr. Red there. Maybe we're giving too much away now. Maybe we shouldn't have said any of that. Now we're giving away ideas. Yeah, we can edit this out, can't we? <laughs> we could. Hmm. But maybe people would support it and be like, that's a cool idea. I'll come on your podcast. Yeah. Man, I'll take anybody and everybody. Yeah. As long as you're not like, you know. Like weird or something. Yeah, weird. <laughs> or a friggin' alien. Yeah, or an alien. <laughs> and we don't take, you know, like bad people. I don't, I don't want any like mean people on there. Yeah. This is a nice family show. Wholesome. You know what's stopping us? Ourselves. Obligations. <laughs> <laughs> Responsibilities. Yeah. Ourselves. <laughs> Not winning the lottery. Yeah, imagine if you just didn't have to work anymore. I don't know, man. Like I You gotta just, have a purpose. But like that classifies as a purpose. That could though. be the purpose. Yeah, man. If you just get up in the morning, like you said, grab your coffee, hit the studio. But the thing is, you can't walk away. Where now it's like, ah, shit, nothing's coming to me. Like, this is a, yeah. I'm going to go screw off. I'm going to screw off. That's true. You're in it. Especially if, you, if other people, like if other, if you're recording someone else, like another band or whatever, then they're relying on you to perform kind of thing and what if you didn't like their music hmm I do have a very wide uh, range of musical taste what if like a sellout country artist wanted to come record on <laughs> in our studio uh, would you take them I'd sell out record them for the money <laughs> <laughs> sign a good deal yeah <laughs> No, I'd, I'd take them in and try and change them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, stop being a seller. Not worth the effort. <laughs> but you still owe me money. <laughs> well, you got to pay up, bitch. Oh, man, these chairs are squeaky. We're going to need some new chairs in our studio. Yeah, first things first. Yeah, that's number one. Wait for the sales. <laughs> Boxing day. <laughs> Wait till Christmas next year. Yeah. I'll sit in a lawn chair for now. That'll work. Cheap plastic chair. Yeah, man, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, and I don't like uh we're not guys that would just uh screw around. Obviously we'd we'd do some learning and uh some fancy book learning. Read up, watch videos talk to other people i mean how did anybody else do it they just exactly devoted, they right? devoted themselves to the craft of doing it i'm right? not saying we would be sound engineers or anything but modern technology it's uh you don't have to be i don't think the engineers have already made the software for you pretty much 
be a lot of fun. One day, hey? One day. One day. Mark my words. <laughs> you got to believe it. You got to believe it for it to be true. In the meantime, we'll just keep getting together a couple times, whatever, once a week, a couple hours here and there. Keep the train rolling. Yeah. I was going to go back uh, how we were talking about the shed being uh, the hot house there or the hell house is what uh, Leonard Skinner used to play in a little little cabin or a little wooden shed with a steel roof and they're down in Jacksonville, Florida, I believe. And uh, it, I guess it got pretty hot in there, so they nicknamed it the Hell House. But those guys, they would, they weren't working jobs, or whatever. They might have been doing part-time jobs or whatever to keep afloat. But they would just go there and and play music, and they would work at songs for hours. They, they would do eight hours a day. Yeah, they would, eh? Sweat and there's and, like a uh, thing in that in. Uh, the documentary we talked about this before, but yeah, for the listeners, there's a thing in the it's whether it's a documentary, I can't remember. Um, where even in the studio, they never diverged from how they recorded it, let's say in the Hell House. Yeah, it was always nobody ever freewheeled it, it was like they were you know, spot it's on, like they were reading it out of a textbook. Yeah, but they had just polish it. And yeah. worked at it so hard. Yeah. It's amazing, actually. So, like, there's a great question. For somebody, or for a band that did everything so by the book, how the hell did they come up with Freebird? <laughs> yeah. Imagine ripping that song in, in the shack. Yeah. For ten minutes. We gotta get this right. <laughs> <laughs> How's that possible? Honestly. That's crazy. I, I think they did have the ability to freewheel. But, um, and they must have on that song. Yeah, that's a good point. Like in the studio. But they would have had it structured and they would have had it. They wouldn't, they would have all had some idea of what was going to be played. Well, even when you listen to that tune live, how did, like, even when they break it down, like when they broke, like in, in the lead, yeah, they break it down into all kinds of different little things inside that, like all kinds of different dynamics inside you know, the, the strictly instrumental part that's like five minutes long at the end. They all still knew like where or when it was going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe they were just freewheeling in between there, but they just somehow knew. Or maybe they just worked that hard that they worked out a 10-minute song nobody knows. <laughs> Man, what a tragedy what happened to those guys. Yeah, that's crazy. So they were, for the people who maybe... Most people do. Maybe people don't know the history of, of what actually happened to Skinner, but they were on a flight from, I can't remember where, and I can't remember where they were going. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can't either. I'm blanking. It was somewhere over over uh, Florida or Georgia, wasn't it? Or am I out to lunch? No, it was over the uh, like swamps, wasn't it? Of uh, Man, this is bad. We're, we're doing this uh, an injustice. Oh, okay. I'm going to... Uh, you look it up, Jamie. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to because otherwise it's... We do know the history because we're big fans of this band. But yeah. They were on a flight and there was a bunch... Actually, man, there's so many cool stories in rock and roll of 
just these crazy like the Eric Clapton story with um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, right? Like that's such a weird coincidence that they were Stevie Ray Vaughan played a gig. I think they were all there. Maybe Clapton played too. He must have. He was there. Okay. And it was after a Stevie Ray Vaughan gig, and they were getting in on in a helicopter after to go wherever they were going. Right. And Stevie Ray or the it was really foggy. I okay. guess, and the helicopter took off, and Clapton was like, "Oh, I'm just, I'm gonna hold back. I'm somebody's, whatever. Somebody, I'll catch the next one, kind of thing." Yeah. And Stevie jumped on the helicopter with a couple other people. Anyways, they fucking crashed it right into a mountainside, and he died. But yet Clapton, like, just escaped. Just it. luckily was <laughs> like, "No, I'll catch the next one, kind yeah. of thing, or I'll, I'll get find another way there, whatever." Like Stevie Ray, I think he was like thirty. I yeah, thirty. I want to say thirty-four. Yeah, there's just so many. Uh, he had just got off. Uh, he just got sober actually. At that point, and then. He, man, isn't Clapton's? Uh, I sorry, I cut you off there. Okay. But with Clapton's history of, how. You would never actually know looking at him and like knowing or listening to his music that he literally has zero memory of his 20s to 30s. It's black. <laughs> he has nothing. He just did way too many drugs. It's just he's in the dark completely. There's yeah. nothing there. I think some other uh, musicians have said that probably like uh, maybe like Steven Tyler and, and Joe Perry. They might have said that. They were like the heroin twins. <laughs> Like not, there's just, it's just black. Yeah. I can't remember. Can you imagine? Um, okay. So I, I don't know if we're allowed to like verbatim quote this shit, but, um, so they took off. This is October 20, 1977. Um, their plane ran out of fuel in a wooded area in Mississippi. They crashed. Mm. Um, so who was on the plane? Ronnie Van Zant, he was the lead singer. Stevie Gaines. Guitarist. Man. It still he, bugs me that he died so early because holy shit, that guy was good. Yeah, there's so many um there's so many artists that you just think what music could have could they have made if they had lived a full life or whatever. And Stevie's definitely one of those. Yeah. I think he had just joined the band and he played on like the previous album, which was, uh, oh, I think it was released after the plane crash, but recorded before. Yeah, what's the name of that? Uh, I know what you're talking about. It's got fire on the yeah, I actually have it on the aisle. So do I. They're all like walking in the street. Street Survivors. Is that what it is? Street Survivors. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm glad you worked that one out. <laughs> Yeah, then... Because uh, he got in the band because of his sister. His sister was one of the backup singers who also was on the plane that passed yeah. away. Yeah, so she died too. Um, But Stevie, on that record, Street Survivors, uh, I believe two of his songs that he wrote were on it. And he sings them. And that just... The way I understood it, like that didn't happen with Ronnie. Like It was his band and... 
and he sang the songs and he wrote the songs and or co-wrote them or whatever but they were he was singing them they were his songs yeah but uh he liked he liked stevie enough or thought stevie was good enough that uh he had him do his songs on the album yeah i think his sister was like hey my brother uh, my brother plays. We should like. Would you guys be open to giving them a try? I think they had a guitarist leave the that's, band. Yeah, right? that's what it was. You're right. Guitarist left the band. What the hell is that guy's name? Was it Ed King? Yes, you're right. Okay, good memory on you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so he left, and then uh, Cassie Gaines, which is Stevie's sister, yeah, was like, "Hey, my brother plays. Why don't you give him a shot?" And then didn't he come out for like just a live gig out of nowhere? Yeah, he just he's like, yeah, okay, bring him out. So he he jumped out on stage for a live game. Absolutely killed it. Yeah, and then yeah, Van Zant after was like, well, there was a bunch of guys I think were like, man, that guy's like, yeah, he's a prodigy. I like. Um, I wouldn't say I like it better, but his song, uh, "Ain't No Good Life." Yeah. He they do it on that album, but he also recorded it previously with uh the band he was in before it's called crawdad yeah yeah i know what you're talking about and i found it on youtube but that's a really good version of that song as well it's so good so good yeah it's just a shame man that these guys uh rock and roll man i guess it'll do it yep yeah yeah uh this is talking about the album um it says here the band's record label MCA replaced the album cover of Street Survivors album <clears throat> as it showed the band surrounded by flames. Man, that's they replaced it with just a black cover, wasn't it? I think so. <sighs> Too bad, eh? Whatever, I guess that's rock. We've lost a lot of good rockers. Yeah. <clears throat> too young 27 club as they say yeah yeah what a what an interesting time in history <laughs> I honestly feel like those guys legit like if you devote yourself to the craft now it's way less I look at like a full piece band, for example. Yeah. Like the Sheepdogs. Love the Sheepdogs. Love the Sheepdogs. Big fans. Big fans. <laughs> Would love to have them on the cast. And uh, I just look at that as like almost like a bit of a dying. I don't know. Maybe I'm way off here. I don't know. I just kind of look at it as like a bit of a dying art. There's less appreciation for, you know, you look back. There's music that has stood the test of time, you know, seven, whatever, 60 plus years where like you've yeah. got the band or you've got everybody hates Neil Young because you want to cancel Joe Rogan, but I still love Neil <laughs> Young because his music's unreal. Yeah. And all the like Zeppelin and it goes, the list goes on forever. That music's still good. Right. It's, it's still relevant. It, yeah. And like very much held the test of time of what a good song is. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of lost on... I don't know. I guess I just look at pop music as being I'm I'm biased that way, I guess, but pop music is good and there's no denying like a good I'm not going to lie to you, man. I like a good I like a good T-Swift song. Yeah. 
But yep. are people going to like a good T-Swift song in 60 years? Maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they will. Maybe I'm way off. But is it going to... But like T-Swift didn't invent the genre or invent what she's doing. She does it really well and she has good songs and people like her. Like her. Um, but like those bands were doing the same thing. 60 oh, years before. 80 years ago. <laughs> you know what actually <laughs> completely missed me? Is how people figured out, like, for example, we were talking about Skinner. This is a perfect example. Um, what the hell's the name of the song? I'm having a huge brain for a year. Where the, they reversed the audio. Ah. Uh, I think you're thinking of um, I Ain't the One. I Ain't the One. Which yeah. is the first song on their debut album. Which, holy shit. (laughs) Come on. Unreal song. (laughs) I Ain't the One by Leonard Skinner. Whoever's listening, look that song up and tell them. If you don't like it, you're a piece of shit. That's a great song. And you look at that, and it's like, how the hell did those guys think of doing that? Yeah. Or it's like, even when guys got into pedals, or like a delay, or... You know, all these, like, outer-worldly sounds, like Zeppelin is so guilty of, or Pink Floyd. Like, how did they come up with these things that were so ahead of their... Not yeah. ahead of their time, but just so... I don't know, drugs, I guess, maybe. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's what it was. I don't know. Hendrix was a big one for... Uh, that's true. Altering the, the electric guitar sound. And if he wasn't doing it with the equipment, he was also doing it with his hands, which is pretty insane. That's true. Making it well. Incredible, man. Yeah. Yeah, like to figure that out then before, you know, the digital age is is pretty remarkable, actually. You know, even look at like a delay pedal or, you know, effects people put on vocals or guitars and shit. Like the yeah. fact that they could do it back then and they just figured it out from nothing. Yeah. There was no prerequisite to what they were doing. It's like, oh, can we do that? Like how... But yeah, it has to be drugs, man. Like, like an LSD or something. Like, how did they figure that out? Like, how did they coming get those from ideas? Somewhere else. Yeah, shit, come from somewhere else, man. <laughs> how did they get those ideas in their head? Yeah. But uh, yeah, the modern bands like, like the Sheepdogs, love the Sheepdogs. Love them. <laughs> Big Can't fans. say it enough. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just gonna throw a thing on Red Leaf Radio's uh, Instagram page and just say. We'd love to have you out. Hey, put the picture of uh, when you guys saw them in concert and they... In Hagersville. Yeah. I'm going to do it. They I'm come out ask, after the show. I'm going to ask <laughs> them if they want to come on the podcast. And then we can pitch to them our idea of a of a tribute band. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like these guys. A little too much, maybe. Maybe a little too much. But they're a good band. And what they do is... Uh, Not in a weird way. Not we just no, love their music. We love their music. That's what it is. They're they're taking that old sound that was developed years ago, and they're putting their own spin on it, and they're making something new that sounds old or nostalgic in the future. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you just figured out that album. Yeah. I unlocked the puzzle. <laughs> Anyways... We like them so much. We think they deserve their own tribute band. Agreed. And uh, 
So we think a, a great name for the Sheepdogs tribute band would be the Cheap Dogs. We're part of that band. And we could solo local Arenas. legions. <laughs> <laughs> legions. And, uh, you know, like Buck and Doze and stuff. <laughs> Backyard parties. I'll take it. The Cheap Dogs, baby. Yeah. Like the Practically Hip. Yeah. But with the next generation. Right. Buddy, you know I'm on board. And so you could be Drew and... <laughs> Beep that out. <laughs> I don't care if people know my name. We're, we're going to cut that, they're right? Gonna, they're no. going to guess it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, man, I don't want it. This is, this is so fun. We got to go or what? Yeah, it's nine right now. Probably got to hit the higher road. You think we should wrap Was there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about tonight or what? The beauty of this is, man, we can just pick it right back up again and, and keep going. This could be part of a two-part series. We can keep talking music and keep talking history, whatever we want to do. True. This could be a three-part, four-parter, whatever we want to do. Whatever, how many parts you want. So we're good to go, man. <laughs> All right. That's the beauty about podcasting. Cool. All right. Well, this is a bummer that we got to sign off, but we got to hit the... We got to hit the road. We got some hockey to play, so. Yeah. Some beer league. <laughs> some beer league. <laughs> Get a little exercise, stuff. you know. Yeah. Well, right on. Uh, Zorg. All right. Appreciate having you, Dr. Buddy. Red. And. Uh, Thanks for having me out. We're not done yet. We're going to pick this up. All right. Sounds good. Right on, man. All right. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed this quick little episode, and we're going to pick it back up. Right on. Dr. Red. Zorg. Signing off. <laughs>